Good morning. Welcome to Seize the Day with Jim and Winston in this early November time of year. We're going to talk about getting ready for winter and many perspectives uh, and how those preparations take place, you know, both in the properties we own and in our lives. Yeah, Jim. Hey, it's good to hear from you, my friend. Yes, very good, Winston. It's been a little bit for us. Yeah, well, you know, we've been spacing it out a little bit, so we have lots of great uh, material for our listeners. And, um, you know, with our subscriber base growing steadily, we're just um, trying to keep this rolling and keep it interesting. And, um, yeah, I think it's great that we do take that space so when we do get together, there's lots of stuff to share, you know? Yeah, and today's theme is just kind of come upon us in a haphazard sort of a way, you know, and discussing how our lives have been going uh, you know the the inevitability of winter coming on is is something that's uh, about to happen, and and you know I'm got goals to get every pr- tree pruned in the yard and, <laughs> and all these other things done so that I'm ready for winter, and uh, you know so uh, we're we're discussing all those things. And what, one of the things that I think we have to recognize with winter is decreasing sunlight and. How do we get our vitamin D? We, you know, sometimes our jobs put us inside all all day long, and we don't get that natural sunlight, and you know, maybe we can feel a little bit down. So, oh yeah, go up there and yeah. have have a walk on your lunch hour, spend some time in the yard, you know, do do whatever you need to do. Yeah, just soak in those rays if you can, because yeah. if you and far between, we're living in BC, where we're on the wet coast, you know. And, <laughs> And it's uh, it's funny, you know. Um, on that same note, if for those of us who don't want to rake leaves, I was reading this article in the CBC, and it was saying um, that for those who don't want to um, to rake their leaves, there's a positive aspect of that because if you leave the leaves on the lawn, um, all those little critters like butterflies and moths and and critters that need that warmth and heat to survive, they actually fare better uh, in those kind of composted type uh, environments. Because it's that air layer, the gap layer, that provides a certain amount of heat for them to sustain the winter when it gets really cold, right? Well, apologize to the butterflies and (laughs) insects because most of mine are up now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I just figured that'd be a good excuse when you don't feel like hitting that hay. Well, that that may be an act of rationalization, Winston. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, usually what happens, I have a lot of pine needles in the back. I got this huge pine needle tree. And um, it comes down and it's like, oh man, it, it just, it, it pretty much kicks the ground. In fact, if I leave it long enough, the whole, the whole backyard looks like, almost like a, uh, a pumpkin pie. You know what I'm saying? It's nice and orange. And, um, but then I, you know, I, I found an easier solution versus raking there, Jim, is just to use the good old blower and just blow it to a side and then rake it, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't have one of those, so I'm still old school and I own one of these great big wide fan rakes, so. Oh, those are good too. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, like, it's a good workout for the end of the day, for sure. Yeah, you know, there's been lots of positive benefits to pruning trees and cutting grass and and raking leaves. You know, the old waistline isn't growing any. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah, what, today's theme is all about uh, seasonal preparations. And maybe we can relate that from the practical, from winterizing our homes to our cars to um, to even winterizing our lives, you know what I'm saying? We're just kind of preparing and, and thinking about how that um, analogously kind of um, plays out on a larger scheme, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we uh, when we're 20, we, we don't think about 20 to 30, I'd say. we, Or at least I never 
Mm-hmm. I never thought about anything about pensions or RSPs or or financial planning. It was it was all living for the day. Oh yeah, seizing the day for the moment for sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you know what? That there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I I'm right with you on that because if you, I think there's a phase and there's a turning of the tides. But the thing is the thing is if you focus so much on, I mean, I think it's all great for retirement planning. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with planning ahead, socking a little money aside. But if you worry too much early in your game, you still got another most likely sixty years of your life to play. And um, if you never had those those crazier moments in your life where you're a bit a bit more spendthrift, you might end up having to do that later in your life, which would cost you more. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, some of the happiest folks I know are ones that just they just live for today and they don't worry too much about that. You know, I'm sure they have their 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 shelter covered and this and that, and mm-hmm. and um, it, to each his own in that respect, but. I will say the winter of our lives is probably a little bit easier if we've uh, if we've uh, put away a little bit of uh, a little bit of savings to so, so uh, you know we we we've got a little bit of comfort there. It doesn't have to be huge, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be huge. It's just uh, I mean, you know, on that same note, Jim, what do you think about retirement in general? Like, do you think? Um, like, do you ever think you fully retire, or do you all think you'll be keeping busy with something? And I'm not just talking, like, a formal occupation, but I'm talking about, like, just um, your mentality. Because I think retirement is mentality more so than it is an actual um, phase, you know? It's like, uh, for example, what I mean is that I, I know people who are retired, but they still keep active doing community things or charitable things, or, or they'll work once or twice a week just to keep busy, Right. Just to make them feel more engaged with society, right? But do you ever think you're fully disassociate with that and just like um, call it a day and not do anything and just you know do regular stuff? Uh, well, I'm kind of in that boat. You know, pulling on that oar since May 31st. Um, yeah, I have done a little bit of work in a couple of areas. One is in a just a small consulting thing that sort of fell in my lap. Mm-hmm. Haven't made any money doing that yet, but it you know it keeps the brain active and learning for sure yeah and the other is just helping my old employer train people to do the job i used to do and right yes. there, there was a, a young fellow in place there who decided to move on mm-hmm. and uh, you know they found somebody else to do a portion of what i used to do so i went in for a few days a couple weeks ago and helped train him up it was really good it was an enjoyable experience um and you know but uh, the one thing I will say about the retirement is, is before you go into it, you got to have some things that are going to keep your mind and your body active. Right. If you let those two things go, then it's a it's a really slippery, fast slope to probably health issues, physical, mental, all those things, mm-hmm. uh, Alzheimer's. So you know. What what is it you know if, if there's books you haven't read or whatever in my case I like to try to pick up the guitar as often as possible do yoga every day if I can get mm. some sort of workout in every day if I can right play with some tools you know like I was telling you I spent twelve years behind a computer not really doing the blue collar work that I did a great deal of till I was forty eight right and uh, you know just go out and fix something or work on the yard or, you know, whatever. And that's pretty pleasing. So yeah. you know, there's numerous, numerous areas that 
somebody with the time to do can do it in an enjoyable way. And I think that's the key thing about retirement or semi-retirement is it provides you with the time and the freedom to do some of those things that when you're really grinding it out work-wise are more chores than they are pleasure. Yeah, no, agreed. No, that that's good perspective. And I think, you know, I, I think most of our listener base is the more mature base anyways, any probably people above 30. Um, and as a result, maybe our glimpse of uh, where we are will help them uh, guide through and prepare for the future a little bit. It, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, the input that we put into our brain on a regular basis can influence us quite a bit. I was um, lately, um, as I'm driving to go to do a mundane errand or a pickup or something, and if I've got an hour behind the wheel, if I'm I'm going to go there in traffic anyways, I figure I'm starting to turn on more talk radio just to sort of get input that way. And it's not that I don't have like a lot of music that I can play, but I find that pre-recorded music it's fine if you want enjoyment, just pure to like you know turn off the brain a little bit, right? But sometimes that input of um, hearing like an interesting debate or discussion, it just um, mentally uh, stimulates that so that you're actually um, feeling somewhat engaged, even if you're not directly participating in their uh, conversation, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, uh, I, I even I still do that when I'm in the vehicle. I tend to not go to a radio station with music. I, I tend to listen to CBC. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's something I'm not really interested in, or you know, whatever, then I'll go to some to some music. But more often than not, that provides me with exactly what you're talking about: some mental stimulation. And you know, in, in a couple of the last two jobs I've had, I have. I'd have to travel to go look at a job to estimate it or inspect it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, up to a two hour drive and sometimes even more like, uh, I did a project management thing for a job just outside of Lethbridge where I had to make three or four trips over to there. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, you know, as long as I could get a CBC on the radio, I did that because it gave you that mental stimulation, that thinking mind. And then when you step out of the vehicle to do some work, mm-hmm. your, your mind is, I think, a little bit more engaged and more attuned to what you're there to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It just, you know, it's uh, if I if you think about your brain as a as a program, and um, and what you feed it really does affect what what kind of input input and output you'll get out of it. And I, I found that. For example, if I'm heading to a meeting and I've listened to a lot of music um, leading up to it, I don't feel as ready for the meeting as I do when I'm actually listening to something that um, had more of a documentary or like a audiobook kind of concept because I'm I'm used to thinking at that moment. It just the, the shift is uh, more seamless when I've been thinking already versus when I'm um, you know not engaged in something that requires a lot more brain power. <laughs> well, your your critical mind is engaged. When, when you're listening to that sort of, you know, potentially stimulating learning mm-hmm. conversation that you might be able to participate in. Yeah. But on, on the music side, I think there's some things we need to consider with that too that can be, it can be quite good on the creative side. Oh, true, yeah. Uh, listening to music, and it even gets further on if you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the very few things that engages both sides of your brain simultaneously. Right. So there's that, you know, potential creative aspect. So, you know, if you if you're if you're not in a work engagement 
and you know you're you're uh, just driving somewhere you know to you know visit family or you know you're you know gotta you're just heading out for a, a bit of a tour uh, you know like common in our area if we go see family we've got an hour an hour and a half drive or two hours or whatever mm-hmm. and my wife and I will often have a component of music listening and when I don't have to be the driver I find it quite stimulating as to how I'm looking at the landscape oh yeah it's funny when you're that primary driver when you get a chance to be the passenger it's kind of neat right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah we, I... went, we went to Penticton a couple of years ago for a weekend and um we stayed the night in a soyuz so you know where it's about a four and a half hour drive cranbrook to a soyuz mm-hmm. and colleen did the whole drive and i was just lit, loving the music and the scenery and seeing this drive that i've made so many times mm-hmm. where i haven't been the driver seeing so much more and thinking about, ooh, how could I photograph this and how could I photograph that? And and that drive presents many different vegetations and, and landscapes and things like that. So, you know, there's all those things going on. So, you know, it's an active mind as well. It's just a different active mind. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, when I'm thinking about what our theme was uh, to start with this and about seasonal preparation and how that kind of alludes to our our life preparations too i was just thinking about all the things we do as human beings to prepare for winter you know it's kind of funny i'm sure that prehistoric cavemen would just sort of collect their food <laughs> and stick in the cave <laughs> make sure they have enough ample things for uh fire and then here we are my, my first thought of winterization is like getting the snow tires on the, the vehicles you know, getting things like the roof all cleaned up, make sure the gutters are clean, and then setting up the Christmas lights. Oh, it's such a different framework, you know, of what's important, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then you know what? I this year I was just thinking about like just the whole um, the whole Christmas theme of stuff. You know, um, I was talking to the daughter about this. How um, immediately after Halloween, there's like it seems like the Christmas festivities already start to be bombarded in the retail outlets there, right? And they don't even wait till after Remembrance Day. They just go right at it starting in November now. <laughs> From, uh, and I'll, I'll say I believe that to be highly disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high up there. I mean, they could at least wait till after Remembrance Day, right? Yeah, it's, it's not that hard. No, it's like, what, a week or two? And I mean, I'm thinking yeah. like, okay. And also, doesn't that take away a little bit from the whole feeling of... Um, christmas too if it's just basically all for retail right i mean to to get that hype going so early that you're pre-buying everything's ahead of time and there's no managing the pace you know yeah so this year we're going to be not all our gifts are going to be made but we're going to make some of those some gifts Mm -hmm. and uh you know give it more of a connection that way right well yeah it's just now we have time like does you know do do certain people in life who already own their home outright and have everything they need within that home do, do you really need to go buy them another trinket or you know whatever yeah right? I know and it makes you wonder like I, even now I'm kind of like um trying to shed uh, stuff you know just like um trying my I'm in a decluttering phase and kind of like letting things go and it's not even just the the money factor of it. I mean, there's certain things that if they're high value, I would 
I consider selling as a used item, but I haven't done that much. Most of the time I just donate it or I give it away or, or just um, dump it because the energy that it stores is so draining that if you've gotten use out of it already, and unless you can find somebody immediately close by that, that needs it, it's um, probably better to let it go than to let it you know, pollute your mind space, you know? Yeah, we're exactly on the same page in uh, that process in our home is called thinning the herd. Yeah, and it, it in the beginning it feels painful because I think our society is, is designed so that we accumulate and we buy a lot of disposable items. And then what if you might need this thing? But, you know, I remember I installed this new garburator uh, for our kitchen when we did a reno, and then I kept the old one because there's nothing wrong with the old one. <laughs> and I thought, well, I could have find a friend or somebody who needs a garburator. But I thought, it's been a while since I found that friend, you know? <laughs> well, you know, if, if something has a little bit of value, we'll uh, give, a, give a go at Kijiji on it. Yeah. And, you know, you don't make much money. But it, it, does, it doesn't hurt to get a couple shackles. Yeah, sure. But, if, you know, if the thing doesn't move, then we then – we, do exactly what you do is donate it. And lots of stuff we know isn't going to move, so we donate it. And, you know, we've got a a good friend's son who's just starting out in his own home and everything, and we've got way more towels and dishes and stuff than we'll ever use. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've taken a couple boxes over to him, and a few family members, something that we have no use for. It's in perfectly fine condition, and they're able to use it. They get it, and... And then, you know, there's the Salvation Army and the hospital thrift shop locally. So they do well by us, too. Yeah. And you know what? It does feel great when you have that um, clean environment. And, I, you know, I was um, talking to the wife about that yesterday. And sometimes these projects seem so daunting when you try to do the whole thing at once. So I've decided to compartmentalize the, the projects and just, like, do one section at a time. Like, okay, I only got an hour, so I'm going to do one hour of cleanup, you know? And then... Once I've done that, I just cut it off and that's it for the day. Because I tried to do a, a big garage cleanup once and it was like a couple weeks ago. And I started at, I think, literally 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't finish till 2 a.m. And then you get to the point where you just randomly put things back where they were. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just so tired and you want to get your car back in the garage. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, an evolving process, that one. Yeah, and it, you know, it's great. You Once you've got it cleaned up, you say, never again will I ever mess this oh, up. I, I, I won't utter those words. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then yeah. it gets back into that whole chaotic moment. You're thinking, how did I get here? <laughs> you know? So, But it's okay. We all have to drown a little bit. <laughs> so, so on the same, same theme of Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Uh, it's our fall edition of Seize the Day. I think our last one was back in August, but we did pretty good by August. I think the last one before that was January. So we're definitely ni- nicely spacing them out, Jim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, just reflecting back to when I was probably all late 20s, mm-hmm. and my parents, as many people did, burned wood mm-hmm. in the Cranbrook area. Yeah. You know, had some form of wood stove in their basement. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, a friend of mine had a wood stove, so we would go out and take both our trucks, and we'd spend the the whole day out, you know, finding a, a nice big old larch or fir snag and dropping it. I I wasn't the faller because I just don't have enough experience in that area, but you know, 
bucking it up and getting it a little bit split and loading up and getting it home and and you know what there's it, it it's a really great day out in the out in the woods doing that it's the the colors have changed you know yeah you success you found a good tree mm-hmm. you know you're able to to in randy's case heat his home in my case help my parents and right yeah and it was a heck of a good workout too oh that's great and we might have celebrated with the beer afterwards i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) i won't hold that one against you for sure no you know you gotta have fun while you're doing what you're doing oh yeah yeah you know and um i was talking to a friend the other day about about that whole thing you know when we're no we're not hitting twilight years yet we're kind of like in let's say we're mid-moon mid-moon and then we were talking about um uh getting what you want versus getting what you need versus getting what you what's good enough you know and i think there's an easy what i'm explaining let's take an example of, of getting a car if you get what's good enough um that might satisfy you for a certain period of time but if you've always had a dream for something more fancy and you can afford it and you don't you don't scratch that itch eventually it'll come out in different ways i think that leaks into different areas of your life sometimes you know if it's something you really desire and uh i was telling this friend cuz you know he had a dream of uh having a uh, a nice sports car and and i thought to myself well you know what if you've earned it and you've worked hard for it and you're looking for permission i say go for it <laughs> because nobody else can make you happy uh, like you can, and only you will know what you truly desire, right? And um, and maybe it's only a two-year thrill, right? Maybe it's like something you lease or something you own temporarily to get that out of your system before you go back to the good old cra- practical car, right? But uh, we were talking about electric versus, um, you know, regular combustible cars, and, and I mean, we went the foray of trying, and, and we bought a electric car, so we're pretty happy of one of them, and, uh, you know, and... Um, it's been a great car, but I gotta say, if it's practical too for the economy of it, but if it's not for the the fellow I'm talking about, then I think he should go out and get what he's happy with and make sure he fulfills that dream because you know life's kind of short to live on the fence, you know. Oh, for sure. I, um, you know, I cars aren't a huge priority to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want reliable transportation that can navigate snow and, and all that sort of stuff. Sure. And, um, um, that, and I'm happy with that, but I get other people having that desire. And if they've worked for it, earned it, and it's not affecting their personal finances and their families, like who am I to say you shouldn't go out and own that vehicle? Yeah. I mean, it's just another aspect of their life. I mean, I've seen lots of people that um, have a beautiful car, but they don't focus that much on their home. And it's okay because they, they maybe they live in their car more than they do their home, you know? And maybe they take pride in it. Um, and that's perfectly fine. I have a balance of both. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with my car. I feel comfortable with my house. Um, but, you know, I guess I, I'm not one of those people that will go too far excess in either way. But um, I'm just living within the means of what I can afford and... And uh, even though I could afford more sometimes, I just figure that I want to save some for that rainy day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know? And we're in the West Coast, Jim. It's going to rain for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, what, what you were 
I'm going to take a little bit different tack on this, and it's something I've been thinking about. You know, our our basement's a little bit of a bomb shelter, and we've acquired some stuff that you know we can do the bathroom down there quite easily, and and you know if I raise the floor by using a dry core, it's going to be at the point where my head's just about hitting the carrying beam and some of the ductwork and um all that stuff and you know to 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 do it really the way I would like to do which is breaking up the floor digging down lowering it pouring a new slab all that sort of stuff in reality it's out of my financial realm to be able to do that right even though I could do a lot of sweat equity within that that's still going to be a pretty big touch to do that a reno like that right right and we can either choose to let it sit the way it is where it doesn't function that well, mm-hmm. except or, you know, hope that we hit perfection and, you know, get a six foot four ceiling and all that stuff, which right now I'm thinking will never happen. Or I can just accept the way it is, dock my head and do a nice reno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've come to the conclusion that that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's fine. It's going to be just fine. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, sometimes living within the means of that is not a bad thing anyways. No, not at all. And, and um, you know, I'll just put up a sign on the beam that says, watch your head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're the only one that's going to see that sign majority of the time anyways. <laughs> oh, no, lots of people come over that are taller than me, so. <laughs> oh, well, they either got to make sure they're not wearing the high heels, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. So, hey, so, I mean, on a, on, a, on a positive note for BC, we might as well make it somewhat regional. Our hockey team's doing pretty well, eh, Jim? You bet. I mean, we've got some good additions of some young talent there. Um, we got I don't know, maybe we could even call a future Hall of Famer one day, but maybe a bit early in the game since he's only played like 10 games. But <laughs> but Well, you, you know, know, but he's, 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 uh, so skilled, he's definitely, you know, showing he's a, a guy of, you know, huge, huge offensive qualities. Right. And, um, you know, I think he accentuates, uh, you know, guys like Besser and Horvat. It gives them more options. You know, and, and coming, you know, being a post Sedine situation, it's I think it's pretty encouraging to the fans that you know the the team didn't make a whole lot of changes over the summer. Yeah, and um, you know, I think it's pretty darn encouraging to see the the way the team's going and because they've they've come out and they've won a game or a couple games and then they get you know outplayed and lose a game and they aren't going into a big slide mm-hmm. you know they're they're coming right back the next night and and uh bringing it on yeah they're finding a way to win yeah and, they're, uh, find, they're finding a way to win and and you know their goalies have had a little bit of say in that and, oh and, yeah I think Mark's just been good. seven six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. And, and you know, this Elias uh, Pedersen fellow. I mean, nineteen almost turned in twenty. I mean, to see some of the skill of those bank passes and crazy things is just um, it's it's encouraging to see, especially since we've got like Quinn Hughes in the in the um, in the mix for next year possibly, 
and if we, I mean, if we win the draft lottery and we win his uh, win the chance to draft his brother too. My God, I mean, we would be the team to watch out for afterwards, right? <laughs> well, you know, I I think uh, as well as some of the defense is playing, I I still think there's a missing link down there. Yeah, back yeah. end, right? Yeah, I think that there's still, yeah. um, I still think there's room to move uh, to get some. Um, uh, some activity going on there. We like I think some of our core on their d- defense is getting a bit worn, and we've got a lot of injuries this year, even in the very beginning. So I'm kind of curious to see um, how we're going to weather the storm in the long run. Even though we got some great superstars, I do think that that um, a lot of people are taking liberties on our our players. You know, I mean they're they're bashing them up pretty good. So I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just not a. I'm just not a proponent of of the, the enforcer thing. Yeah. The, the enforcer thing. I think there's ways to do it without having to do that. And as a very last resort, I, I'm not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the whole tapping the guy on the shoulder at the end of the bench to go out there and do do that is, I think, um, past where hockey should be. Yeah, it's. Um... Interesting. Uh, I mean, you can't change the culture of uh, what other teams choose to do. I mean, I think the, in a lot of ways, the Canucks have kind of stayed kind of neutral on um, on the the fight aspect of things. Um, I mean, they'll have those times when they stand up for their their players. I was kind of upset when they they uh, kind of manhandled the the Patterson on that one, and they just slammed him down on the ice. There wasn't much repercussion for that, but I mean, there has to be some way so that that doesn't happen. I don't think a two game penalty. Or assignment is is adequate for almost knocking a guy out, right? Yeah, you know, um, I think the next time they play, that was Florida, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's right. Which may be a ways away. Yeah, I think it's January. Yeah, you know, just dump it in that guy's corner and uh, let him know you're there. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 ways within the laws of hockey to to uh, seek retribution. Yeah, sure. I mean, winning is the best retribution in the end. But. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what they did that night was win. Um, and, you know, in all fairness to the guys that were on the ice, nobody saw that. Mm-hmm. It happened behind the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a while before people even saw the replay on the bench. So, um, you know, yeah, I definitely agree. you gotta you got to back your teammate, and there's ways to do it without fighting. You know, like there's... I compare when I compare that in rugby, you hang a guy up a, an up and under, or you get it through the tackle or whatever. Um, because if you throw a punch in rugby, you're red carded and you're off right now. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's just as physical or more physical of a game than hockey. So you know, there's they they don't allow it. Why why should hockey? I know it's always kind of ridiculous. I mean, there's so much. Um flexibility in that it's just kind of strange you know that they just kind of let that happen but you know we're not going to change that right overnight but i think that it's starting to people want to see skilled players play i mean that's what makes it exciting right they yeah. want to see skilled players play they're fast they're skilled and in order to keep that happening you got to have to make sure that they don't um get uh smashed up and i i think that with um, the way that hockey's running right now i mean it's starting to transition a little bit i think most teams have something to lose they almost all of them have young players now from the draft so you know 
you don't want to have an eye for an eye situation here. And um, let's just see how they sort that out over time. You know, I just don't want to see one of our elite prospects get injured from some kind of silly hit just because they're jealous of the performance, you know? Yeah, well, in that in that uh, 7-6 game, Calvert um, cross-checked Besser in the lower back where he'd had that injury last year, and, and uh, there really wasn't much retribution to him that night. Uh, you know, I thought we should have been dumping that in that guy's corner and letting him know we're there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I think that happened to him last season too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. Kind of something, you know? Well, we'll see what happens with that. Hey, so, um, what other cool things we got to talk about in terms of the seasonal preparations for the year there, Jim? Yeah, I, I think just being aware that uh, that um, both the yearly and in our life that we have those seasons in our life. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I think that that's kind of on the same phase. You know, as we get into the, the later part of the year, I mean, we're already in November, so that that's kind of cruising along real quick. Everybody's got their plans and things. But I think uh, I've become more aware of um, uh, people around me. And then, you know, I, I sense that sometimes that um, in the whole seasonal effect of um, – of Christmas and things like that, that it's often easy to overlook the people that are actually really lonely, you know? And um, I'm kind of making a conscious effort to look around my neighborhood and just see, you know, who needs a little bit of help sometimes, you know? Because there's a lot of people that are, like, um, either single or they're widowed or things like that. or um, And I, I'm starting to be more aware of it because I just see that there's... You don't have to look farther than your own neighborhood sometimes to sort of see pain, right? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, and it it just doesn't hurt to uh, to give someone a smile in passing, say hello. You know, those are the simplest ways to do it. Oh yeah, you don't have to go out of your way. I'm not even yeah. saying that people have to to go um, too far with it, right? But um, you know, it's just one of those uh, situations where. Um, uh, I just feel that there's like so much um, loneliness in the world, even at least like being lonely in a crowded place, you know? Yeah. I see, I see that happening. Huh. Yeah. And it, it, it's hard to do much about it uh, other than, you know, a smile and a hello and maybe a chat with somebody, you know, you'll probably never see again. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a strange situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It certainly mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I don't know, my man. It's just kind of crazy. Sometimes things happen that way, and and uh, you look around and you see um, uh, ways that you can help, and it doesn't take much. And so I, I look out for my, my neighbors and stuff that are a little bit more senior, just because I figure one day we're all going to be there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I hope that uh, karma is, is kind. <laughs> it comes back, <laughs> comes back the other way, you know? So, other that, otherwise, um, uh, all's good. I mean, other than that, I think that we've covered some good ground today there, Jim. It's been a good episode. Um, I'm just preparing for the winter, and I'm sure you are too. But, you know, it was nice to get together and actually catch up on things again. 
Oh, that's always a a highlight of the week, Winston, and beyond. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been doing this for over two years, Jim. Yeah, still no no offers. I what's know. Up? What's happening with the world? <laughs> yeah, it's just like good meat. You only have to let it marinate a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll sign off until the next time, and maybe it won't be as long as this time. Maybe we'll do a, a special Christmas edition before that happens, eh? Oh, that'd be great. And as people wind their way into winter, don't forget to seize the day. For sure. All right, Jim. Let's seize the day and we'll catch it next time, bud. Okay, bye, Winston. Take care, Jim.